Welcome to episode four of season four of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I am Paul LePage. Joining us, our great producer from New York City, Mr. Alex Patakis. Alex, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you guys? Yeah, not bad. No turtleneck. But have you burned all the turtlenecks now? Is that what's gone? Oh, on? yeah. Those are long gone. <laughs> Jacksuits only going forward. <laughs> And our other permanent signing, our social media expertise, Danny Paletti. How's it going, Danny? Evening, fellas. Doing great. Three points in the bag. Yes, yes. And our guest tonight from Florida, one of my favorites, fellow Cubs and Chicago Bears masochist, Mr. Teddy Ely. How's it going, Teddy? Hey Josh, yeah, all all good. Thanks for checking. Yeah, me and Tur, the uh, Squishmallow, are uh, you know excited for the show tonight. So. <laughs> I did have to call Teddy out. I saw him putting a Narwhal Squishmallow as a as a pillow. So I was, no, no, you can't get that by me. Hey, how bad are we gonna whoop Alex's uh, Green Bay Packers on Sunday or in two weeks? Yeah, definitely excited about it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we'll whoop them. Yeah, I mean. That's just winning winning against them is whooping them for, for the Bears yeah. these days. So yeah. You hear that, Alex? I heard it. Everyone's sleeping on Jordan Love. You know, who says we can't have three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. Well, everybody, uh it was looking kind of rough early on, but you're welcome. Since I clearly affected the outcome by doing my best to break are scoring and winning woes with my lemon bath in the middle of a Mexican restaurant. Wolves win! 1-0! Big sassy with the header in the 87th minute, Paul. Pretty exciting. Yeah, you. I, I don't think you can claim that exact credit or oh, I'm claiming really, it. <laughs> really call it a header because I didn't really see that lemon and salt go over the neck and shoulder, which is kind of where the ball went in, in off. But what I really liked about that, right place, right time. And what a story for him that you get that opportunity. Practically, pretty much was his first touch, wasn't it? So yeah. I, I just loved watching it back when it's the 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 angle from behind the goal and he's there and he's pointing to exactly where he wants it. And that's what we want our number nine doing. So as as that goes to, to put a, a, the cherry on top of a, a pretty crappy tasting cake up to that point, uh, you, you couldn't have asked for any, anything better. And I do think at this stage of the season, through everything that we've gone through and really what we still going through at the moment, that boost to the confidence is going to be huge from that game for a number of different factors. So to get those three points uh, in the way that they came about to to close out a game like that and the, the way they did it, um, I think they can be, be delighted with it. It's amazing when a game is properly officiated, like how Wolves actually have a shot, I feel like. We're not even asking to get, you know, the be on the favorable side of calls. Just make the yeah. correct calls. Yeah. So, two 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 VAR instances. Um, 
I, I don't know, it's probably me with my tormented soul that I was questioning the Everton one, thinking, oh, how come they've got the ruler out and the measurements out for this one, whereas just the silver one was barely looked at and it was, yeah, it's offside and quickly moved on <laughs> where they, they took as long as possible to to rule the Everton one out. But you 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 take those and, and you and you move on. So um yeah, good good that it was officiated in the right way as far as uh as far as those go. Um even I suppose following the letter of the law in terms of some of the uh, the, the fouls and the bookings that, that Gomez got pretty early. I think as a as a team and as a collective unit, we've got to be a little cuter to get those ironed out of our system because we've got those types of players that are going to pick up those bookings on a frequent basis. If, if you're getting them on the 20-minute mark and then you're going 60 minutes riding, uh, riding the booking, it, he might get you into trouble. So, again, a few things they, they can iron out as far as that goes and attitude-wise. Teddy, what were your thoughts after the contest? Um, Yeah, it's crazy what, what three points can do to, to your weekend, you know. It's, you know, you can say, uh, you know, the previous couple games, you know, they played well, but, you know, maybe a little undeserved, but, you know, you're still feeling, a little, still feeling bad, basically. And then, you know, Saturday, Sunday was definitely in a, you know, good mood most most of the weekend um yeah i thought it was a, a really terrible performance um everton <laughs> looked like they should have you know put the game to bed early in the second half um you know jose uh, had best game you know of his last last season and this season so far um yeah not not too many positives to to take away from the the performance overall but you know, as as Paul said, it's like the first time we always have strikers or, or wingers calling for the ball. They'll get it and nothing happens. And it's like the first time I've actually seen it work out. So I was uh, hap- happy to see that. And then, yeah, I kind of watched the, the Sasa stories on on the Wolves production just, just right before, too. So it just made that goal even, even sweeter for him. So yeah. now... I- um, Andy Overton on the Facebook USA Wolves group said that we can't Yankeeize it, I think was his thing, or put Yankee on it and call it. He goes, just call him Sasa. It's fine. No, I'm sorry. I can't do it. It's big sassy. It's big sassy. <laughs> that's that's just the way it's going to be. Teddy, you mentioned uh, Jose Saw. Holy cow. I don't think there was any doubt he was man of the match. And then it's coming out, maybe a new contract for him. I mean, there was an expected goal of 1.53 on shots he faced, and he had seven saves. Um, Paul, do you think this is turning the corner now for Jose Sa? Do you think he's more comfortable now that we're not necessarily playing out of the back? I think that that's part of it. As as a, I was thinking about this after the game and over the weekend, that in this... Premier League era, I was struggling to think of a more complete goalkeeping performance than Saturday's was, in that it had a little bit of everything. Not only did it have the shot stopping, but he pretty much looked comfortable every time he came and claimed a high ball, either catching it or punching it away. Apart from a couple of drop kicks that went long, his distribution was spot on. 
and there wasn't so it didn't feel as much pressure on him when it came to the the element of playing it out from the back either so if that is a tweak in the style that's going to be implementing moving forwards in that it's a difference over how O'Neill's setting up versus Lopetegui and there's less pressure on him. That's going to factor into it. Also, he's got a brand new goalkeeping coach that's apparently highly regarded as well. So that could be a positive influence. So if he wasn't rated by Lopetegui and if there's rumours or murmurings that uh, Lopetegui wanted him out, wanted his own guy in or Saar wanted to leave or whatever, that that whole culmination of, of of changing factors is massive because at the end of the day there's nothing more important for a goalkeeper than confidence so if he's got that back then he could definitely go back to that first season form where he, he was player of the year unquestionably so ho- hopefully this is a continuation of that for sure it's amazing teddy what just feeling wanted can do for a guy, right? Yeah, it de- definitely. I would say that you know reaction save he had in, in the, the against the Decore header was, you know, one of the best saves I think I've seen. It, l- it looked like his arm went out of the socket. He was like, you know, Mister yeah. Elastic Man tipping it over. I'm not, not even sure how he how he did that. But yeah, I mean, I think he's always been at his best being being a shot shot stopper. And I will say with this kind of you know new wolves team kind of pressing a little more it seems like you know he is gonna have to be called upon uh you know a bit more he's not gonna kind of have have that help of a five-man defense or you know that control with uh you know with the midfielders that we previously had so yeah i think uh, i think he'll be seeing uh we'll be seeing him a lot more these upcoming uh games this season but paul why do you do you think he needs a new contract now to really kind of help with his confidence more? I mean, it seems like we're kind of stuck in with a few contracts now because we are giving unnecessary extensions. <clears throat> Johnny. <clears throat> yeah, I think it um I think on this particular scenario, it it kind of breaks it down about the caliber of keeper that they're looking for. And can he be improved upon in the next season or two without spending a ridiculous amount of money? And he can't really. So certainly funds are tight for for this season, probably into January. We've been told it may be relaxed next summer. But if you can save this incremental cash, 10, 12 million on, on, on a goalkeeper instead of having to pay 2025 which the likes of a, a Dean Henderson maybe would cost you which is the the caliber of keeper that's probably kicking around that would maybe able to appeal to to our team I think that's probably why they are looking to to lock him down on the long term and plus the fact not only is it stability for him confidence and everything it deters him being a target for any of those teams that may be looking at him as a possible alternate as well. So I think it, it's smart. And even as a, as a goalie, you've got those extra probably three, four, five years comfortably into your 
mid-30s that you can play with. So I think length of contract on the right terms, it's probably a smart move. Well, I see here on the notes, I'm going to guess this is Alex that put it. He said, does Neto's assist get him off the hook with Josh? Was that you, Alex? Yep, he caught me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was so done with Neto by the end of the first half. I was ready to just drag him off the field myself. Again, just I feel like he thinks he's got Adama's pace, and he does not. Um and just really bad decision-making. But then, to quote Dumb and Dumber, just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself with his nice assist to Sasa. Uh, Teddy, what do you think of the pass, and does that fit Neto a little bit more to have him looking to pass more than being an offensive threat? Um... you know, obviously got got our first goal of the season, so can't can't be criticizing it too much. But I mean, I think most keepers kind of, you know, grab it. It looked looked like you know the ball just kind of floated out there into the into the six yard box. Um, I will say it looked like he was kind of going on his right foot a little more and trying to trying to mix his play up a little more. But yeah, just not still wasn't quite there yet but the signs are are looking more positive than last season certainly Paul how do you feel about Neto's performance it was certainly underwhelming for the bulk of it and you are asking so much of those players particularly away from home when you've effectively got four attackers that it helps with the defense more if we're on the front foot and you can look to those players to do something more with the ball and be, be more threatening. And that really didn't come from any of them or certainly on a consistent threat basis. Um, But it's a, it's a tricky one because if he has got that delivery in his locker and he's got another, option to to put those balls into then it does create another thing that the opposition have to worry about that his go-to and what's often the most frustrating thing is that the move will break down because it stops and he looks to put it on his better foot to get the ball in if he can start doing that now and have the confidence that there is someone else in the box to make the most of it then do we see some uh, fruitful returns fr- from that direction that again not only from that that particular move but maybe that opens up to him trying other things as well to to put doubt in the opposition's mind what what's coming next so hopefully it's something at least I think he uh he can work on and build on maybe well say so he was definitely very passionate uh you saw some fan videos of him kind of holding the club badge which was uh yeah great to see so. Mm-hmm. so so that brings us with a no stupid question from drew in pittsburgh who emailed what is the strategy behind playing neto on the right and huang or nunez if if when he's in there on the left it seems they spent most of their runs trying to get the ball on their favored foot no i'm actually going to direct that one to danny because danny has been the 
for the love of God, why is Neto playing on the right side constantly? So I'll let you answer. Yeah, that I can only. I can only say that I have no clue, honestly, why we keep <laughs> doing this. I mean, I do know why, in theory, we do it, and clearly, the last four managers now have thought that it was worthwhile. Um, so I, I certainly am not second guessing them, but it is difficult to watch Neto uh, struggle when we know how fluid he can be, but it just slows everything down when he's um, trying to go down the outside and then realizes he can't really cross with his right foot. So he has to bring it back. And like his crosses on, on his left, even after he comes back are fine, but usually the defense has a time to set. I will say though, that what was different about that one was that he was much um, deeper uh, he was, uh, you know, almost, I think he was further out than the, um, than the goal box. So, you know, yeah. it was, it was a very different angle to deliver that to. And it's like, it's a much more forgiving angle too, because as long as it drops to, you know, seven feet or whatever Sasha's jumping height is, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's gettable at a lot of different points. Whereas if he's right on the byline, he's got to get that delivery exactly right. So I'd like to see that more. And then if we want him to play more technically, like dribble into the box, then we should be switching him over to the left. Think about like the kind of exchanges he has with Cunha or whatever, but you'd expect that more on the left. Whereas on the right, he just, every time he gets the byline, he has to check back. So you mentioned uh, Sasa's uh, jumping height. I actually wonder what that is. And after he, didn't he jump scored, for that one, <laughs> yeah. After he scored the goal, I mean, we're all like, "Yeah, this is great." Why isn't he started? Blah blah blah. And then you kind of watch him run, and you're like, "Oh, this is probably why he doesn't start." Paul, I think if you're going to have to play any kind of pressing defense, that's why he's going to start on the bench. No, because it looks like he's kind of running in molasses. I think you can allow probably that one player that license that if he's the farthest forward and he's got a job of taking up one or two uh, centre-backs, then maybe that's okay. But he's never going to be that quick, dynamic forward running down the channels to put pressure on a fullback. So um, he's he's in the team for a a distinct role and that's what they'll have to to work for on the offensive side of the ball and get what you can get on the defensive side of the ball. So Teddy, would you rather have Fabio in there to start where your defense is probably going to be better or have big sassy in there to start with Fabio coming off the bench? Uh, I think for now, as he kind of works his way back to full fitness, I think we still kind of want Fabio starting, uh, you know, as Paul alluded to, he could definitely press a lot better. And, you know, that's kind of something we're trying to bring into our game this, this season. So I would, I'd recommend, yeah, Fabio, you know, the first 60 to 70, um, you know, I thought Sasha came on maybe a little, a little late. I would have mm-hmm. liked to see him a little bit earlier but i guess uh you know it works so like we say gary o'neill master class right there smash and grab but do you think his role paul is really gonna be 
okay, we're chasing a game, we need a goal or a goal to get ahead. Do you think that's going to be his best role with the club? Or do you think ultimately becoming the starting forward is his best role? I'm going to jump firmly over that side of the fence and stake it all on him being the guy. Okay. And then it oh. is Cunha or Silver off of him. Okay. Yeah, he was the guy at Stuttgart. I mean, he's he's done it before again. You know, he just tore his ACL for the second time. So as I said, we still need to give him time to you know work his way fully back. You know, the Premier League, unlike you know that friendly where he played maybe sixty or seventy minutes against Rennes. Like he's, you know, he he just needs time. So I think come you know November we might see him starting. But until then, we just gotta just gotta play it slowly with him because we've had enough players get get injured in the past and it just sucks so alex we've talked about how americans kind of gravitate towards somebody like adama because of he's big and fast i feel like sasa can be one of those guys too that kind of casuals will want to watch wolves for because here's this humongous man out there that can just head anything yeah i agree i think we we're thinking about in our preseason show, like the likable guys that are going to become like the next wolves cult hero. I think his height does that. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a wolves TV production documentary obviously aids that. And his personality in general, like he's just so positive and I don't know how to describe him other than like a jolly giant kind of guy, you know, like a jolly <laughs> Austrian giant. Um, which is really endearing because, you know, the one thing I will say about Fabio and I like him and I, I kind of agree with everything that you guys have said, he probably still needs to start. Um, we have no idea if he wants to be at Wolves. Like Sasha can't afford not to want to be at Wolves, which is kind of good <laughs> um, for the club. So instead, he's just like, I've got my dog. I'm having a kid. Uh, I'm happy that I can run again and I'm just going to enjoy my life here. So um sometimes that attitude is is what you need i will say this even if fabio doesn't really want to be at wolves you can't tell on the field the dude the dude plays as hard as he can he he's the true professional unlike uh you know these are dickheads potence and matthias that you know we'll we'll get into matthias here in a little bit um, so it looks like though we're talking about Nunes on the right, Huang on the left, but Huang is probably out now for at least a little bit. He has a hamstring injury. You know, look, he's had these before and they were not quick injuries. Um, but it was very interesting. They brought in Aitnerie at half to take over at left midfielder, left wing, and he did pretty well, don't you think, Teddy? Yeah, de- definitely. He's got, you know, different attributes to Huang and, you know, just to touch on the, the wingers, you know, playing on opposite sides, you know, a little more. I think I think for Neto on the right, we kind of need, you know, the whole entire point of inv- or inverted wingers is for, you know, the outside backs to go forward. We don't, we don't really see Semedo do that at all. Whereas, you know, Bueno on that other side definitely did, you know, for the offsides goal that Fabio created. So I think, I think it creates a cool... Uh, you know, potential of kind of bueno on the outside with with 
Ait Nori kind of underlapping, uh, perhaps in front of him. And again, he's got you know the arguably the best dribbling on the whole team. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to see kind of what 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 could come from those two. I think it definitely has a lot of you know creative potential from from that side. So yeah, curious to see how that develops. I'm glad Ait Nori's out of the doghouse, Paul. It it does. It's uh, again. Who, who knows all these dynamics of, of what's gone on previously, and new new manager, fresh set of eyes, new coaching team, new seeing someone in a different light, maybe tweaking position, and all of a sudden we could have uncovered a, a a star in the making playing further forward that we'd maybe seen glimpses of but maybe through force and necessity he's gonna have to be a, a regular starter further up the pitch so who knows it could be it, it could be exciting times and if he's able to, to develop in an attacking sense playing further forward at the same time as honing his defensive skills then you just build in that that player and it, it bodes well for the future. All right. So we need a poll here. Obviously we all saw online. I lived up to my word. I almost forgot. And then Michael Moser was like, Hey, you got to rub salt. I was like, Oh yeah. So middle of the Mexican restaurant, I took a lemon from uh, a water and poured some salt and rubbed it on uh, my legs and my head, Paul, my head, and then my hands for soft. Alex, was I to credit for that? Um, you know, I I will give you some credit um <laughs> for that. Maybe you needed to do that for 90 minutes because uh, you know, 85 <laughs> of the minutes were really crap. <laughs> and uh, you know, a, a short uh, appearance. But uh we have a lot of people asking that same question in the no stupid questions. Like who who is to get the credit? Uh, Nick Retar, Retar uh, shouted at us on Twitter saying, "Was it the lemon and Mediterranean salt?" Oh, by the way, was do we know what kind of salt it was, Josh? Because I, I uh, I'm sure it was not Mediterranean. It was just at a Mexican restaurant, so it was probably you know good okay. old generic salt. <laughs> uh, you gotta go back there and find out when you do it again this uh, Saturday or Sunday, right? So I'm gonna be in Alabama Saturday, so. Um, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that as far as when I need to do this. So, um, <laughs> they got lemon in Alabama. Come on. Well, uh, yeah, but... yeah. So here's the lemon, but I'm going to the Alabama game Saturday night. So I was thinking, oh, well, maybe it's because I did it in an exotic place. So I was literally going to do it at Bryant Denny Stadium. But I don't know if I can be allowed to bring a lemon into the stadium, like half a lemon. Mm. Should I yeah. try? I feel like that's a risk of, you know, they don't want people throwing things. You can't bring a lot of like vegetation and yeah. citrus and. <laughs> and I like don't that. think the concession stands are going to be like, hey, can I have half a lemon? They're going to look at me like, what? <laughs> so it may be before I leave for the game on Saturday, you know, get it. They'll still be, you know, within 24 hours and then, uh, you know, but Steve Young also brought up a point that I need to burn the lemon. He was a little concerned because I didn't burn the lemon. Um, mm. So, okay. Um, well, Nick's question was, was it the lemon and Mediterranean salt rub or the, it's Malort, right? 
Yeah. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Okay. I think that was uh, from Todd. Nick referencing Todd on Twitter that had a, a shot on Malort at the start of the first half and a yeah. shot on Malort at the second. So, um, And have you tried Malort was the second part of Nick's question. I, I have know. not. Have you, boys? Uh-uh. Yeah, uh, Danny. I have, yeah. <laughs> it is uh really disgusting. Um it's a a staple in Chicago, but it it's sort of like um you know when you go to Iceland and they make you drink they make they make you eat the like uh fermented shark. It's like that where it's like this is what all the locals have, but really the locals don't like it either. They just <laughs> make you drink this thing that's awful. Um it's like it's made with wormwood. Um, I also used to deliver it in my former life of uh, delivering wine and spirits. Uh, I, the only thing I can say it tastes like is like earwax. It has a very weird, bitter taste. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of fascinated how Danny knows that in Iceland they serve fermented shark to you. Doesn't everybody know that? <laughs> <laughs> That was not in the uh, um, Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell. <laughs> what do you think of oh, Lord Teddy? Sorry, yeah, grow, you know, growing up in Chicago, I think think Danny had it spot on. You know, it's something when when your friends come to visit, you give them a shot of. But you know, none, none of my friends really really take shots of Lord. Yeah, it's super super bitter, and you know, it just leaves the feeling of of regret in your mouth. So. <laughs> don't recommend doing it kind of like becoming anyone. a wolves fan then is what you're saying <laughs> yeah you could <laughs> you could say that yeah <laughs> maybe it is the perfect drink uh Stu um from the wolves fan cast also asked was it salted lemon was salted lemon the lotion he was talking about all those years ago and he included of course a uh gif of uh buffalo bill in silence of the lambs <laughs> saying it rubs the lotion on its skin which if you want if you just have that in your head in conjunction with the video of josh it's just like a total terrifying <laughs> image altogether um, i love how paul was calling out my white legs <laughs> i had to put my sunglasses on <laughs> <laughs> It, it it looked pretty rough. Uh, yeah, everybody in the Mexican restaurant was kind of like, what the hell? And I'm sure you can hear my wife in the background going, that's my husband. <laughs> so You made us proud. Maybe not her, but we're proud. So I feel committed that I have to do it for the game Sunday, right? Now, are that's any of you bastards going to join me this time or am I solo again? I think you're yeah, going to have to do it for the Blackpool game because I don't want oh, to get knocked out. <laughs> In the league cup to lower league minnows. See, I was having a discussion on Twitter about that, and I don't want to overdo it. I don't want to overdo it. So save it for the big game on Sunday, I think. Let's see what happens. Now, if we lose the Blackpool, okay, I guess as you can thank me for the win, you can blame me for the loss. Uh, but all I know is, hey, I got some social media cred, Danny, for that one. I mean, my, I guess my question is, do you have to rub it on an exterior part of your body or can it be put into some sort of liquid uh, solution that could be imbibed somehow? Uh, maybe something that has alcohol in it. Does that count? Well, I don't know, because then yourself? I'm supposed to throw it away or burn it. So that would make it a little I'll, I'll more difficult. I'll still throw away what's left of the lemon. It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. It really wasn't bad. It kind of was exfoliating. 
Teddy, are you gonna are you gonna use the lemon this week? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll if it can we'll guarantee see. Justin Fields beating the Packers as well. Yeah. Oh, if it's a double, then yeah, I would certainly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I am a Greek, so you know, on my mom's side. So I think maybe yeah, uh, maybe it runs in my body. Just a little little lemon in me, you know. <laughs> Well, Paul, any last thoughts on the game before we get to this off-the-field nonsense or off-the-pitch nonsense? No, I think it's uh, it, it's a good building block. And, and those um, those three points, especially going to uh, a tricky venue on Sunday where we, we've typically struggled, and again, on, on the eve of uh, the, the first international break, it's, it's crucial to get those first three points. And I think that's what... O'Neill said in his, his pre-match presser as well. So we, we take it and see if we can build on it. Yeah, if I if I may say something here, I think yeah. from that game, I felt like we learned that Craig Dawson isn't great for this system. Um, we saw, you know, Mario Lamina and Joao Gomez step up you know, a few times with, with kind of this press and, you know, I, I feel like we kind of need, you know, someone a little quicker to be able to, you know, maintain Dan Juma was, you know, threw on goal twice, twice or three times. We just kind of need, you know, some, someone a little quicker to either press the, you know, attacker higher up the pitch or be able to, you know, run in with them when, when they get behind you. So, so I'm curious to see, hopefully we get, you know, that Nico Elvedi we've been rumored with through the door or, or another center back because yeah, that left. I mean, a- any other team in the league would have scored two goals to us with, with the amount of chances they had. So, boy, that's a really yeah. good. So, Paul, we we gotta bring this up between Dawson and Kilman. I mean, Kilman's off to a horrible start. Do you think it's just the whole captaincy thing? He's feeling extra pressure, or what's the deal there? Because Dawson hasn't been great either, but Kilman's been horrendous. I think he was slightly better on on Saturday, and as as a unit, they were slightly better. But as Teddy mentioned, there, there's there's issues there, and they they'll certainly get exploited by by better teams. Now, is it too early to put Dawson out to pasture? Possibly. Is he going to be a better fit playing against certain opponents? That probably the case this season but he's not getting any younger and they've got to have that uh they've got to have that contingency for that player that that comes in so uh i, I certainly hope they've got something in mind because they can't ride the uh they can't ride this season bit beyond the transfer window closed with, with just these choice of three center backs that's that's not going to work and i think it's it's really tough to swallow because Nathan Collins told Alex Richard that Richards that he wanted to stay at Wolves, Teddy. That's that sucks to hear. A guy that wanted to stay at Wolves got sold off for a very minimal profit. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like we're gonna get into this a, a little bit, but you know, it's ideally to have funds that would be reinvested into the <laughs> team, which turned out wasn't the case. So, you know, I guess if you know, no one knew that at the time. So, you know, I, I can't criticize the sale that much, but yeah, it's not a, not a good look when your fourth string center back is, uh, 
18 year old kid from the under 21 so <laughs> hoping hoping we get somebody hey i heard that under 21 uh squad has some talent though some guy named daniel potence is on there celtics <laughs> <laughs> So now let's get to it's it's officially silly season. So, you know, us here, keep in mind, we are recording this on Monday night. Things could change on Tuesday by the time you're listening or, you know, Wednesday. But currently, Matthias Nunes is technically a Wolves player, but he sure doesn't think so. Um, because the athletic reported that he stopped trading and said, no, I, I want to join Man City. Um, and I love how Wolves basically told them, all right, if you're still here, come to the end of the transfer window, you're fucked. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make you pay for this one. Um, Paul, this is just kind of despicable from somebody that already wasn't that popular with the fans. And I I just don't I don't see how you can come back from this. Neither do I, and I think what makes it all the worst is just the quickness in in turnover of these players now that you you kind of you don't get any attachment to them that in in the space of the year it's like a revolving door that is going to come in and come out for a, a hopefully a a good profit and I know it's the the, the the devil that you're in bed with and the Mendez model and the carousel and, and all of that. And maybe we're just spoiled from the likes of Neves's longevity and his loyalty. But then that goes to show you what the character is of a, a model professional, that how many seasons did Neves go through pages and pages of back page speculation about which team he was going to sign for. Uh, same as Traore, even. Mm -hmm. Not once did they ever die in tools. Not once did they ever not show up for training. That's the calibre of player that we're looking for. That's the calibre of player that the fans want, that it's they're going to put on the shirt, they, they're going to want to play for the team and give it 100% week in, week out. Yeah, they're not going to be here for 10 years anymore. Everyone gets that. But when you're here, show some respect, at least. Mm -hmm. Give your all. These opportunities will come. If you, if you are the shit that you think you are, you're going to get that move regardless. So you signed the contract. You, knew the, you know the game. You know, if it's not happening this summer... You got to knuckle down, and you got to keep up your form, and you got to earn that move to to somewhere else next summer. It's not a case of throwing your toys out the pram and saying, "Oh, I want to move," and if if this doesn't happen now, then I'm not coming in to do my job. See, and that's the thing. We hear stuff, and and even we said earlier. Well, how much does Fabio want to hear? Want to be here? We heard that a lot with Adama. Well, how much does he want to be here? Paul brings up a great point. They never quit in practice. They didn't quit during the game. Like, Matthias has turned his back. And I, I think players are going to view it a little differently because of the fact that they understand it's a business more than anybody. But 
I mean, this just proves he never wanted to be here in the first place, which we kind of knew already that it took so long in the transfer window. He was practically begging Liverpool to come in. Um, so my question is, Teddy, do you feel like I, – I, I know we're sitting here saying, oh, they need to make this amount of bid, but he really hasn't done much at Wolves. Is he even worth the amount that now we're kind of asking for him? Yeah, I was I was texting my friend over over the weekend, and he was like, "Oh, you know, City just buying the league again." And I, and I was thinking, you know, based off a of one year's worth of performances I've seen, you know, it's you know obviously some potentials there, but you know, I don't think he would be rated more than twenty to twenty five million pounds. I you know I frankly have no idea how you know Wolves are possibly getting sixty million pounds for him obviously I know he has a ton of potential and you know from what we've seen at sporting but yeah based on his wolf's performances he does not deserve anywhere near the quoted figures and uh, I mean I know everyone's saying a wolf should you know try and get more but I mean if if we land at 60 60 million pounds I think that's more than you know I would have ever thought of again based on his performances which have you know been pretty not not great. He's can't tell you how many times he's lost the ball dribbling out from from the back. And yeah, it's. I mean, I I would take sixty million pounds every every day of the week for sure. Yeah, I was even feeling that before he decided to go on strike with the team. Um, I mean, Paul, uh, are we really gonna miss him that much if he's gone? I think for for his particular role in in our particular team, at the moment we will because it was wholly adamant on Saturday that there was no one really that that could run with the ball and and do anything with it, probably until um, I knew he came on, and obviously that's not necessarily to do with Mateus in the. That's probably talking to Neto being out of, of form a little. So I think if he if he does go, we may not be missing that central midfielder per se, but we may be missing more of that wider midfielder with a different skill set to the likes of Gomez and Lamina and Troy that we've got. So I do think he'll need replacing. And <clears throat> I think it might be a season a little like Grelish, but I think he'll end up tearing it up at City and I think he'll be phenomenal. It might not be instant, it might not be this season, but I don't think he'd be going there. I don't think Pep would be in for him if they didn't see that a hundred plus million pound player in two or three years' time. Man, I don't know. And and here's why Calvin Phillips has gone non-existent since he went there. I mean, he was probably the heart and soul of Leeds, if we're being honest about it. And now Nunes is almost coming in as his replacement. I don't understand why these young guys really want to sign on with these teams. Um, well, I guess it's just the money, right? Danny, you think it's it's just the money and, oh, I play for Man City because – He's certainly not going to get more playing time than he would here. I mean, winning the trouble is kind of nice, I bet. Um, yeah, but I, I, it's funny. I agree with a lot of what Paul says. Um, 
Uh, and I agree that I think that if he goes there, he has every potential to become a phenomenal player. He's already so uh, skillful on the ball. And if he can just settle into playing sort of a role-playing uh, position, then I think he'll be great. But the caveat to me is that this, you know, this behavior at the end of the transfer window doesn't bode well because, you know, Pep does not suffer this kind of thing lightly. And we saw that last year where uh, Cancelo was seemingly grumpy about not getting some starts and not, not being first choice. And in, it felt like in no time, it was like a couple of weeks he was gone. And I mean, that was someone who a year previous, you would have said, this guy is like indispensable. You have basically a striker playing left back, like you know, uh, and it could be the same thing with, Mateus, I mean, we all agree that if he goes there, he's not starting games regularly for at least several months, if not the entire rest of the season. Uh, And so if if this is like a preview of the kind of behavior he might have under Pep, I I could see him washing out there. I think he can be great, but I don't know. I don't know. I just... I get it. He's got a lot of skill and stuff, but I've just, I've never been a huge believer in him after seeing his first couple of performances. I think he's more of a, man, this guy's got so much talent type deal, but ultimately it takes a lot. I mean, look at, look, I'll even say it with my boy, Adama, all the talent in the world, but you know, maybe just, couldn't put it all together. I feel like that's kind of where Nunez is going to fall there. Um, so, Teddy, I mean, what do you need to see then if Matthias is, is sold off? What needs to be done with that money? And are you worried that Fosun is just going to pocket it? Uh, well, you know, on the back of $89 million, or, sorry, million pounds worth of players being sold and you know, Matt Doherty and Tom Keen coming in, I, you know, I think we should all have reasons to suspect that, you know, it, it might be pocketed. Um, that's certainly what I, what I would be most nervous about. Uh, what would, what do we need with that money? Uh, yes, Paul said, we definitely need, you know, a, a new winger, especially with Huang injured that can, you know, provide some, some speed or some creativity and impetus with, with the ball. Um, and then I would say a center back, you know, right-footed center back are definitely the two priorities. And then, you know, for being greedy, I think, uh, you know, a striker could, could come in and really help. But for me, just this is the two we need are a winger and a center back at the very least. Paul, oh, what are your what do you think the money's going to be spent on? Or is it going line in pockets? <laughs> at, at every stage, this season, this preseason, with, with these sales, it's like, this has to be the time that we finally get some fund release. Okay, this player's going to get sold. Oh, we get some fund. So, firstly, let, let's see if they can actually get some and like someone may be able to crunch the numbers and see what what they've got to play with, but I think the the the, the centre backs crucial. Um, 
a, a wide midfielder forward is crucial to to take uh, Mateus's place, and obviously the question marks around Wang's fitness. And I still think with um, probably question marks with uh, Sasa coming back to fitness and definitely having the space on, on the bench, both with, with bodies and the subs that you can pick from, you can you can definitely have um, another striker there. So I'd like to see that, that centre-back, uh, either a wide midfielder slash forward and uh, another striker added. My guess is they'll spend twenty million pounds of it, so about a third. I, I I think that's realistic. And Paul, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't just kind of mention the rumors that we were hearing that Fosin has the club up for sale. I mean, a lot of people talking about it. A lot of different people, kind of with same information. Um, percentage that this team is sold. By Boxing Day, it, it makes you wonder that there's there's no smoke without fire, and smarter business people than me will probably tell you that this whole strategizing around the finances has been done purely for these sale purposes, and it's something that needed to everyone would have liked done earlier on in the summer. But for whatever reason, it, it hasn't happened. Um, so I'm going to say it's fifty-fifty. I think there's a there's a fifty-fifty chance we're under new ownership by uh, by Boxing Day. Daddy. Yeah, I mean they're doing everything that you would want if you were you know an investor looking to buy a Premier League team. You know, not a ton of huge contracts on the books. You know, low, low kind of set of wages relative to other Premier League teams and, you know, well set up to start spending if, you know, if the team is bought. So, I, I mean, all the signs are there. Maybe I'd say, you know, maybe a little less than, than Paul, just based on, you know, the what Fosen has, has said, so 35%. But, but if you look at, you know, Fosen in, in general as a company and, you know, all the news coming out of China, you know, they're not doing great economically. So, it, you know, definitely, definitely very possible. But I'd say like 35, 40%. Alex, you thought there was going to be a Fosen day next year in New York. Are you feeling differently <laughs> after this week? Uh, I am feeling a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, I, I, like Paul said, I feel like at some point there's too much smoke for there not to be a fire. The only thing that has me hesitant to say that it would be greater than 50 is how badly I want it to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then I feel like, um, we could only be so lucky. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if not, then see you at Fosin day. What about you, Danny? I feel like I have no idea whatsoever. It it just all kind of uh, boggles the mind a bit, um, especially just thinking about their other interests that are all tied up in wolves. I mean, a straight up sale. I mean, we know that these things aren't going to happen overnight, but there was, you know, that that one day, I guess, on Twitter when everybody sort of freaked out about it. And it there was this feeling like, oh, it's going to happen next week. And that's. That's never yeah, going to be the same. case, but it 
it made me think about like, well, if it does happen relatively quickly, which in this case, we're talking about like six months or something, like what are they going to do with the esports brand, with the record label, you know, all these things, you know, th those are still presumably owned by Fosun, not the club. And so like, what do they just stop doing those things or like the fashion? That's like a whole thing too, you know? And so I, I guess I feel like there's still a chance that the truth lies somewhere in between that they might be looking for partial uh, ownership and maybe, you know, 4951. I, I don't know. That would allow them to keep using those assets, but no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was looking Swedish rumble on Twitter had a really good report or a really good Twitter thread that was really breaking down the FFP issues with wolves and well, this and this. And I, I, at one point he was like, well, that means, you know, they would have to average the operating losses would have to average $95 million for them not being able to spend FFP. And I get to thinking about it. There's no way Fosin knew like the true economics on what was going on. And as a business that's gotten as big as they are, when 30 million pound loss is just kind of accepted as, Hey, that's not bad for owning an EPL team. There's just no way they're interested in this, Paul. Like, I can't imagine they're making any money with the fashion line, with the record label. Um, esports may be the only one, and they, they may try and keep a, at least a piece of the esports in there. But I don't see how a big business like that can look at, hey – people are expecting us to lose 30 to 40 million pounds a year. And that's fine. It's almost EPL teams are, or really just football teams in general are kind of playthings for super rich people. Now, do you think it's that's fair a, to say? It's the only way it can be with, with certain teams. Um, and, and like the walls, you haven't got any of that commercial revenue stream either. You like mm -hmm. the, light years away from the, a facility like the new Tottenham Stadium, for example. Like which gets so, NFL money. Yeah. So there there's 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 all of that that factors into it as well. So um it, it's it's not a business that you're gonna be in if if you're gonna operate in uh in those terms. And e even if you're gonna you're gonna risk relegation and potentially risk not losing what what you've put into it because they've, they've grown it to a sufficient extent that they're obviously going to get their money back and more but it's uh it's, it's risky business that if they're going to operate it along those lines thinking that they'd, they'd, they'd do okay out of it, it 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 just doesn't work like that i actually think too that the win at everton really helped Fosin think we don't need to invest that much and we can get out now by the end of December because it's very clear there's three worse teams on paper than Wolves, right? I think we can all agree. Luton, Town, um, Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield's weird. I can't believe they sold off guys when they move up. Normally it's the exact opposite. And Everton's a dumpster fire. I mean, <laughs> they really are. That's I mean, as as 
awful as our offseason has been, like theirs has been worse. It's just horrible. So that's why I really think, and Paul, you mentioned, well, why wouldn't this be done in the summer? I think it's because they knew they could sell a bunch of players, make a lot of their money back, and then sell the team for the same amount of money that they'd sell it even if they had those players. So, yeah, I, I think Matthias is as good as gone. They're just trying to, you know, take it down to the wire, get as much as they can. They'll take a little bit of money to reinvest in the club just because I feel like they kind of have to. Um, but if there's a new owner going to come in, I would think they'd want to come in into December at the very least beginning of January. So if they're going to make any additions to, cause Wolves could be in relegation, uh, then Teddy, I mean, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think that's pretty similar timelines to what Bournemouth kind of did last season. I think the, you know, the Las Vegas Golden Knights owner bought them actually. And yeah, I think he bought them in December and then spent, you know, 60 or 70 million pounds in January, you know, in the hopes of keeping them up, which, which they did. So yeah, I think that timeline's definitely feasible. Um, yeah. What, what I will say is, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to compete in, in the premier league these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have literally, all entire countries, sovereign wealth funds, you know, invested like, you know, no private company or, or anybody's able to compete with that. So it's just, yeah, it's, that's a podcast for a different day, but it's kind yeah. Of and that was even before Saudi started buying players for their own league. Like, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So good for the player. The players are getting their money. I'm all for it. Um, you know what? Neves got his money. That's awesome. And he didn't quit on the team, which is even more awesome. I'm like, that. yeah, sounds like he wants Matthias to get his, his money, Josh. Huh? Is, that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so there are a couple names that are out there. We'll just, you know, Ian Nacho is out there as a short list for Leicester city from Leicester city as potential Paul. I'm sure we'll get into that. Once the transfer window, it's we're going to see a ton of rumors over the next, you know, what, five days, three, four days. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we'll see. It all revolves around Nunez's deal anyway. So. All right, Wolves get back in EPL play on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, Paul. Oh, I know, early mo- early-ish morning. <laughs> at the alarm. So joining us again is Matt Sampson, who's part of the Palace Supporters Group in D.C. How's it going, Matt? It's going great. How are you guys doing so far this season? Hey, we got we got three points, so we're doing good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always always feels good coming, coming into a pod with three points, I'm sure. Yeah. So there's been some changing at the guard for you guys, especially with uh, one of our frequent tormentors, the uh, Wilfred Zaha departing. Um, so what are the major comings and goings this summer that we should be aware of? Yeah, you know, uh, Palace of Summer started, you know, before the the transfer window even opened with uh, Jefferson Lerma, who's Bournemouth's player of the year last season, uh, agreeing to join upon the expiration of his of his contract with the Cherries. 
And he's been everything you'd expect from a guy with a wealth of both Premier League and international experience. An absolute professional who's slotted right into the midfield uh, next to Czech Decore, who incidentally was Palace's player of the season last last year as well. Um, uh, aside from that, you know, the two biggest signings you would say of the window are yet to see the pitch so far this season. Um, Palace fended off plenty of advances from Chelsea to re-sign Michael Elise to a new four-year contract, uh, but he's out until some point in September, we're told, after uh, suffering a pretty nasty hamstring injury while playing for France's under-21 team uh, over the summer. And then there's uh, Mattis Franza, the uh, the 19-year-old Brazilian who's actually will wear uh, Wilf's number 11. Uh, he's yet to train with the club, having arrived uh, in London with an injury that we're told Noggin Wood isn't anything major. There's hope that a uh, a scan this week reveals that uh, all's healed and he can uh, get back and uh, join his teammates in training. So unless someone else signs, you know, between now and uh, when this podcast airs and uh, just before I sign on with you guys, it was, fr- you know, frantically refreshing Twitter to make sure I wasn't, uh, you know, caught without any information. Uh, I'd say that the Palace side you'll see on Sunday is uh you know, kind of largely unchanged at the back, um, probably stronger in the midfield and uh, a little lesser up front than, uh, you know, the team you beat at, uh, at Milano back in April. You touched on it a little there, Matt, but how confident are you up to the end of this transfer window, mainly through the rest of the year as well, when it comes to keeping those top four or top six vultures at bay when it comes to your prized assets? You know, I'm I'm feeling pretty okay at the moment. Um, I think the real dicey situation was Elise's, you know, as he reportedly had a 35 million pound release clause in his contract. But the details on all that were sketchy. At one point last year it was even reported that it that that clause had been removed. Um, I don't think we'll ever really know the full story of why the move didn't happen. Uh Elise is a pretty Renaissance fellow, um, you know, was it a was it a personal terms thing? Did he think he'd benefit more in his career with, you know, more assured minutes, um, you know, from Palace at this time? You know, did Chelsea see something in his in his medical if it even got that far? Don't really know. So, you know, all that said, you know, there's still rumors floating around the club. I think most notably, um, you know, Decore to Liverpool and uh, uh, Eze to Spurs, or at least I think it was, you know, Spurs at last check. But I think, you know, Palace's asking price for either player is going to be in that absurd stratosphere, much like it was whenever someone came sniffing around about, uh, you know, about Zaha in previous years. And I don't think of Decore or Eze, either one has a release clause in his deal, at least none have been reported. You know, now, and granted, you know, obviously getting a windfall for a young player is certainly in Palace's model, but I just don't think they would accept it this close to the window closing. It just would leave them no wiggle room and identifying a replacement and, and being assured to bring them in on time. This is a, a team that just doesn't have the depth where they could plug a squad player into a starting role for the next three to four months and feel like they could stay out of the relegation zone. So that's kind of how I feel as though, even though, like you say, uh, you know, things are circling, I don't think anything's going to happen, you know, and again, crossing fingers as I say that. <laughs> So what are your thoughts on a familiar face for uh, Palace fans being on the opposition bench this Sunday with Sean Derry now on our coaching team? Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a bit of a crazy story. You know, he was, you know, kind of booted off, you know, Patrick Vieira's staff. Um, 
Although I guess he wasn't fired. He was uh, a, a term that Roy used was on gardening leave, which I, is just a fantastically like British term that I really enjoyed reading. Um, you know, for overstepping his role at, uh, reportedly and tearing into some players after a kind of, you know, pretty dismal performance. Um, and then Palace took forever to, you know, you know, appoint Roy from the interim that he was at the end of last season, you know, to, to uh, you know, to full manager. When that finally happened, Roy, you know, retained his full staff from the end of the 2023 season they closed with, but also wanted Derry back. He's a, you know, longtime Palace player and coach and, and well-respected, um, you know, other than Vieira was well-respected, you know, throughout the club. And so, uh, to be honest, I really don't know why they wouldn't have brought, uh, initially brought him back for that that 10-game stint to end last year after Vieira was was sacked. But anyways, it sounds like, you know, long after, not long after he joined Roy's staff, you know, his good friend Gary O'Neill was named the boss at, at Wolves and offered him a bigger role. Uh, everything I've, I've read, everything that Roy said, it sounds like it was a very amicable, amicable parting with, uh, you know, with the club and simply just couldn't deny him a, a bigger, better opportunity than, uh, you know, he was going to get with Wolves. But, you know, as far as him on the bench, you know, come, uh, you know, come Sunday, you know, I imagine having you know, that kind of in-depth scouting of, of Palace players could prove to be, you know, a vital edge in a game that, you you know, you have to figure will be pretty closely contested. So when it comes to your particular setup and shape, seems you'll be the home team on Sunday, Matt. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to be, uh, be that particular setup and who is in that early season form that we might need to pay particular attention to? Yeah, you know, unless someone suffers a, you know, a knock in training or in, a, you know, the, our, our cup match tomorrow, you know, I can't imagine there'd be any changes to the the 11 or the, you know, the 4-2-3-1 setup that we've seen so far from Palace this season. You know, as for for style, I hope the the Selhurst crowd gets them to to play more like they did in the in the opener against uh, Sheffield, although ironically that was in a way day for Palace. Than we saw against, you know, home against Arsenal or, you know, at Brentford when, you know, Palace really only kind of kicked it into a gear after falling behind uh, or even in the case, you know, in the case of the game against the Gunners, you know, um, you know, Palace finally went up a man and really kind of got out their front foot then, but just couldn't get the equalizer in, um, you know, as far as players in form, you know, you can't talk about Palace players, I think, without, you know, talking about a Barry Eze, you know, he's everything to this team at this moment and I say that even though he's yet to score score a goal register and assist but you know I think like so many thin palace teams that relied on Zaha for you know that a moment of magic uh you know the current version of the Eagles need as they to you know glide through defenses draw multiple defenders and maybe make that pass that leads to the pass that that leads to a goal um Otherwise, you know, I think, you know, the defense is in is in really good form, um, definitely needed to be in order to get four points from the from the first three games with a, you know, very limited attacking group right now. Uh, I think if Wolves are going to find any any joy in going up against the, you know, the Palace back four, it's likely going to come uh, come from your left side. I think everyone who supports Palace loves Joel Ward for all he's done for the club. But I think everyone who supports Palace would also like to see us get a new right back in this window. Um, War was actually pretty solid against Arsenal, but then you know, then he got beaten pretty badly on on Brentford's uh, opening goal this past weekend. You know, and I think that's just what happens when you're a 33 year old defenseman. You know, sometimes you're the the cagey veteran who gets you know every step right, and some days you're just you know beaten for for pace down the wing. And you know, 
I don't think you need to be Sean Terry to see that either. So I'm sure he's a guy that uh, that Wolves will have in their sights over the weekend. Enjoying a whole lot of Wolves? Whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening, don't forget to rate and review the show so that we can make sure to continue to grow the pack. Thanks for listening, and up the mighty Wolves. All right, thanks to Matt Sampson for joining us on the Crystal Prowess preview. Uh, but before that, we have a... Uh... A cup game, guys, on Tuesday, 2.45 Eastern Time, uh, 1.45 Central. Carabao Cup against Blackpool. Um, don't try and look for it on TV because it's not out there, Paul. Back to uh, the radio waves if it's on there. So, um, yeah, glued, glued to uh, glued to Wolves Radio. Yeah, ESPN screwed up. I would have bought ESPN just for this game, but whatever. How... I- is this okay? So, as a longtime Wolves supporter, what what year did you move to the country, Paul? Did you move twelve here? years ago? Was this what it was like trying to watch Wolves back then, just like non-existent? Yeah. So, so my my first season that was um, Premier League, but back when it was on Fox, so Fox oh. Sports One, so. You'd get like the you get the early game live. You'd get the you'd get one nine a.m. live, and then you'd get one directly after, like on delay. But the amount of times they used to switch them without no one <clears throat> really knowing, and obviously the amount of t- like the the whole community that the American fan base was pretty much non-existent then. So we had nothing like this, no communication channels to say, well, actually our, our 9am game's been bumped or our later game starting has actually been moved forward to the live game. So you, you, you it was really tricky to, uh, to keep up. And there was plenty of times in that season where I'd planned to watch a, particular fixture and avoided avoided the result thinking I'd watch it live mm-hmm. and interrupted afterwards and they'd screwed it all up and ruined it for me and everything. So that factored into it. And then just um after that time it was just when you went we we you had the double dip relegation, it was just pretty much every game um was trying to listen to it through the, the Wolves website and then occasionally you get a game that, that was on Sky back in the UK that certain broadcasters started picking it up like being sports had the rights um, and then kind of streaming took a hold so you started to kind of pick it up on streaming channels but yeah fast forward to, to NBC and for for their faults, Peacock, it's it's absolutely night and day better compared to what it used to be. I mean, it really says how much soccer has grown in this country that we're complaining we can't watch a game live a- against like, Blackpool in the league. Yeah, Cup, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah, we're we're complaining about that. That that really shows up. I mean, it is easier Teddy for us to watch Wolves games than it is for us to watch Chicago Bears games. Yeah, no, 
or or for people in England to watch any Premier League game, <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I remember the days of you know League One trying to find a stream. I, I think I maybe watched four games the whole season. Like as Paul said, if they're on Sky, you could maybe find a stream and maybe maybe four games it was all you could watch. And that was a you know an amazing season with Kenny Jacket. I think you know crushed the league, but yeah gone a long way since so that's cool to see <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 neat to see how far the sports gotten in this country too so our wolves i mean you can't really say paul they're gonna throw out just like a, a crap lineup because they're so they have no depth so they kind of have to play a lot of their starters right <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a, a rotation of the bench guys that will will maybe be the starters, um, and then maybe maybe one or two of those get switched out to be proper kids from the from the twenty threes. But I do think it's just going to be a, a swap from the the bench to the starting eleven, and. I think I think that's fine, you know, and I'm I'm hoping the likes of uh, Kalajnic starts um, just to get minutes in his legs, and I hope he starts at the same uh, with Silver as well, so we can see if there's any partnership potential between them two. And regardless of opponent, there's there's nothing better than the ball hitting the back of the net as well. So if both of them start and get a goal, that'd be uh, do wonders for the confidence. Joe Hodge is, is in this for sure, Teddy. Bo Hodge and Bubakar Traore. Yeah, hoping to see Bubakar out there for sure. And yeah, as, as Paul said, you know, if you just score a couple goals, you know, Lincoln City put three past them over the weekend. So, you know, you hope hope Premier League team can score more than two goals. But, <laughs> but this is Wolves. Yeah, <laughs> this is <laughs> Paul Matt Doherty too. You think he's wearing the captain's band? <laughs> oh, that's a good, a good shout, actually. Um, yeah, see, because you you you'd think, uh, yeah, it's tricky. Cody I'm, I'm for probably, sure will start. Yeah, totally will start. I think Kil Kilman Kilman probably starts as captain anyway, and, and Dawson takes a break. But again, that just that just tells you that the lack of depth that you can't rotate both center backs which is a worry but um yeah i'm not sure if they've even come out with a, a genuine vice captain or anyone's really really stands out but dote is a pretty good show actually i know it was like a trio of... would <laughs> who, who would be your vice captain teddy just uh, just yeah. anybody on the squad i, I would say lamina would yeah. Paul. Uh Cunha. Alex. Uh Lamina, yeah, probably for me as well. Danny. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make it even. I'll go Cunha. I I'm going to break the tie and say Cunha. If you look on social media, Cunha is kind of he's the guy on that team that really I I think he's the glue right now. Just morale wise, I mean, even with Nunez's stuff, he's the one posting on Instagram about it. He's the one, uh, you know, Big Sassy's talking about his friendship with Cunha. Yeah, I, I think he may not have been named it, but to me, he's the vice captain. And honestly, 
I think he'd be a better captain than Kilman. Not that Kilman hasn't earned it, but you know, just was. All right, so let's get a prediction here from you guys. Carabao Cup, Blackpool, Paul. I'll start with you. What are you thinking? Can can we just have some simple relaxation? An an early goal. Uh, another goal midway through the first half. One early in the second, and, and a comfortable three nil. That's all I'm going to say. It'll never happen because we're Wolves fans, but it it should, but it won't. But I'm going to go three nil Wolves win. Teddy, which by the way, Teddy, you were fantastic last year with your um, predictions. I might add, you were actually. I'm pulling it up right here, Teddy. You've got you've got four points. Yeah, yeah. You pulled out four, five points in your three games you predicted. So you got points in all your games last year, Teddy. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'd say Blackpool would be uh, two two zero to Wolves. Two zero Wolves, Alex. It can't be that. I, I it can't be that easy, right? <laughs> like, uh, I could. I'll say three one, Wolves. I feel like Blackpool gets an early goal to scare us all, <laughs> and then maybe we have to like even bring in some guys we didn't want to play. All right, Danny, what do you think? Yeah, the the way Paul described it is the way it should be, but the way it probably will be is let's let's say two nil Wolves, uh, except both of those goals are going to be scored late in the second half <laughs> when they have to bring on their starters because they're like ah, it's like crap. Nathan Frazier's going to get a brace. <laughs> I am going to say two one Wolves, two one Wolves. Yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a masochist, and I think it'll be late. Will be like, are you freaking kidding me that we're dealing with this? So that's what I'm going with. All right, now let's talk Crystal Palace. Paul, we heard from Matt Sampson. Um, what are your thoughts after hearing from him? It's a it's a strange one. It's um it, it's a venue that we've we've never particularly done well at in recent memory. That the past two seasons three certainly going back to to uh to the point that we got in the Europa season when we had a we had a shitty start and and Jota scored an equalizer right the death and then the year before oh, yeah, with uh with, with Doherty scoring the winner so we we are due a result um but I, I just think it it's so tricky of a place to go to early season i think if you come come away from there going into the uh into the break with a point i think you you'd really take that and it'd do well for confidence what are your thoughts teddy um yeah that as a player they have is you know magnificent magnificent player he's he's awesome yeah that, i think their defense is super sturdy I don't think we'll score more than one goal. So that's with a loss or a draw. We'll see. But it's tough seeing a win coming out of this one. 
Ah, glad to see we're back to our old legend uh, <laughs> selves here. <laughs> um, Paul, let's just assume Nunez isn't starting, but striker wise, who are you starting? Um, even with minutes uh, in the League Cup, I think Sasa still needs um, still needs nurturing back into starting. So and and again away from home, um, having that more aggressive press if you can bring it, it goes. Oh well, then it's tricky. I say it goes silver, but then it, like ha- Wang factors into it, and mm-hmm. then the the flip side of it, the best I've seen us so far away from home was that Manchester United game when everyone was poo-pooing Cunha starting as the main forward and he was phenomenal. So do Cunha and Silva get in each other's way because they want to both drop deep and take up the same position. So that factors into it. I think that it's going to be who's available. Um, Obviously question marks around Wang. Um, I'd be inclined to, to bring Sarabia in. Um, because it's got to click sometime. And I think I'd rather see him away from home with the opportunity for him to hold on to the ball a, a little more, uh, the pressure off him a little than it would be at Molyneux, where you may get a few errant passes that, that gets the crowd frustrated. Um but it, it it it'll be it, it's tricky to figure out a team at the moment with transfer rumours and um and and injuries. It it's going to be uh, pretty tricky come Sunday. Danny, what's your eleven looking like? I mean, Teddy, Teddy, not Danny. <laughs> Teddy, what's your eleven looking like? Yeah, I think pretty similar to what we saw this past Saturday, but you know, obviously with eight Norian for. For Huang, I don't don't think they're gonna do anything crazy unless there's a surprise signing coming in. But don't think that's the case. Even if it is, I I don't think it would be time to bet them in. Yeah. So probably just eight Norian for Huang and same same lineup as Saturday. Okay. All right, Teddy. Well, I'll start with you. What's your prediction? Hmm. I'll say one one. One one. All right, Danny, what do you got? Well, this one feels like it could go either way. Uh, Feel strangely confident after the Everton win, but (laughs) I'm sure it's misplaced. Uh, (laughs) But I I do think we're due one, so I'll I'll go one nil Wolves. Oh, okay, Alex. Uh, I really like the one one shout. I feel like this is. Even both teams are kind of equally hard to figure out through their first few games so far. So um, we'll just take a point and be happy with it. Paul? I really like the 1-1 as well, but if everyone else is taking it, I like Teddy's 1-0 Wolves win second. So you I'll mean Danny? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Danny. I'm getting confused now. I'm going to go with nil-nil. What the heck? It worked last time, <laughs> which, by the way, Paul, I have to give it a, uh, an update on the standings entering this week. I forgot to do that. 
Alex, man, you've already got seven points. You realize you've gotten results from the first three games? Yeah. Yeah. If only Wolves could do the same. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I've got one point. The guest spot has five, and Paul is sitting at the bottom of the table again. <laughs> but looking at the prediction league, it is Steve Young who is leading the way. He's got four points thanks to his 1-0 Wolves prediction for the Everton game. So good job, Steve. Um, unfortunately, no one else got a point last week, Paul, in the prediction league. So a lot of people sitting on one point. So the website's up to date for Blackpool game. So it'll be a quick turnaround if you're listening. But get those predictions in and then we'll switch it out so you can predict for Palace as well. So That's right. Even though, even if you've missed all the season predicting the games thus far, you're only still four points, more points back. Than me. Yeah. 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 You, you still have as many points as Paul. <laughs> all right, Alex. Let's hear it. What are the no stupid questions this week? All right. No stupid questions. Many uh, of us have this as our favorite part of the show. It's where you could ask us anything related to wolves uh, or anything, you know, even closely related to wolves. And you could send them in on Twitter at WLW pod or X. I keep saying Twitter. It's just going to stay Twitter. Yeah. It's It's going to stay stay Twitter Twitter. for me too. Um, WLW pod. Also, you could email them, which we had a couple of email submissions this week, uh, which is great to see. Hello at a whole lot of wolves.com. So um, let's kick it off with chase branch, which championship of another sports team that you love. Would you be willing to wipe from history to trade it for seeing Wolves win the Premier League. And he notes that Josh cannot pick just any <laughs> Alabama football title. It would have to be multiple because there are too many for one of those to be significant enough to trade for a Wolves EPL title. Yeah, I mean, there's 18. So, uh, yeah, I know I can say this with all certainty. Neither Teddy nor I would trade the 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series team for Wolves winning the EPL. I'm sorry, but I was in tears after that game, Teddy. Were you in tears too? Like, we grew up Cubs fans. Yeah, uh, yeah, shock, tears. Yeah, I couldn't move. I was just stuck in my chair for an hour after the game. My wife has a picture of me on the floor crying, so it's, (laughs) it's great. So, sorry, I'm not giving that up. I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to skip all the Alabama ones because I guess I I don't really know what the definition of multiple would be. You definitely all right, how about this? How about this? Nick Saban era entirely. Oh, <laughs> oh I'd have to give up the Nick Saban era entirely? No. Let's I, just group that all together. Yeah, no, okay. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Um so then this kind of shows how poorly Teddy and I pick teams because we have our Bears, which won in 1985. And then the Bulls with our t- – you're a Bulls fan, right, Teddy? Yeah, but I was born in 94, so I can't technically count any of those championships <laughs> when I was a viewer. Okay, so I can. So how about this? I would give up Chicago's first three-peat for Bulls to win. The second three Pete, I got to keep, you know, I loved Rodman. Rodman was my, Rodman was my guy. I even have a Rodman dressed in a, 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 a 
flaming outfit doll. So like, no, I, I gotta keep that one, but I will give up the first three of Jordan's titles for wolves. I think that's pretty fair, right? I guess. Yeah. Significantly altering the uh, goat debate in the sport of basketball. Uh, did, can we also wipe all the LeBron versus MJ content that came along with it for years that made my ears bleed forever? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think we yeah, can. I'll do that. That's how much I love wolves. Alex, nice. what would you give up? I want to. I want to hear this. Uh, it's tough. I don't have a lot of titles. I mean, I would not give up the Aaron Rodgers 2010 Super Bowl run. Really. Um, that one felt more special to me. And at the time, uh, he was just like undoubtedly my favorite athlete of all time. That has since Would you give changed. up the Favre one? I was going to say that. And I feel like it's okay. easy for me to say that now, knowing like the kind of person <laughs> Brett Favre came out to be. Uh, which well, Aaron Rodgers is, is an a... asshole too, so. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can say with some confidence i also don't think he's a criminal who's defrauded people of their, of their money a lot of people a lot of women yeah um <laughs> but also you know like it's easy to give that one up if you know a little bit later in your life you can get the, the rogers one so i i'd give that up and that that's that's about the most i would give up but i i would say wolves like increasingly now as my interests change as i get older become a bigger and bigger part of my life so actually surprising me to the point where like if Wolves and the Packers both will play, let's say Wolves have a 1230 Sunday game uh, Eastern time, which happens a lot, uh, not for Wolves necessarily, but in the Premier League, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what to do. Like, I don't think I could just not watch one of the You have Wolves one on matches. the big TV and one on the tablet is what you uh, do. It's, it's just so hard to split that attention. But anyway, you can have the Favre Super Bowl. Um, I'm curious what Danny's up. would be because I don't really know what other teams you root for danny because in dc is, i can't imagine you're a yeah. commander's skins fan no this this is a bit tough for me uh but i do have a good answer but i you know i i only dabbled in in american football and and i don't think i feel like it's a cop-out to just say that the ravens last super bowl you know that was exciting living in baltimore but it's not you know it didn't mean a ton to me but I'll give you this one that I would give up for a Wolves Premier League win. And that's, uh, it's not a title per se, but uh, UMBC beating uh, UVA uh, in uh, in the NCAA, that was a big night for me. I went to UMBC myself. Oh, it was, wow. That's yeah. huge that you would give that up. Yeah. I think it's because it was such a surprise at the time that like it came out of, totally no that was the first one in 16 exactly it was the first 16 seed to beat a one seed uh my friend and i were watching it alone just like you know we threw it on we we're like well this is gonna be a route we'll watch the first quarter and see what happens and then we just kept kept it on and then uh as we got closer and closer to the end we we're just sitting there with our heads our heads on our heads saying like what are we gonna do if they pull this off <laughs> And uh, we decided we had to uh, celebratory uh, shotgun some beers uh, afterwards, which involved us having to run out to a liquor store that closed five minutes after the game ended. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think the uh, celebrations for a Wolves winning the Premier League would be uh, a, another order of magnitude above that one. I'm still impressed. That's a big one to give up. Your alma mater being basically ingrained in history. 
Okay. Yeah. Paul, he doesn't do root it. for he doesn't care about anybody but wolves, let's be honest. <laughs> it it is it is a stretch for mine. I can't even sacrifice anything that <laughs> England's won because they haven't won anything. <laughs> and, and then, you don't care it, about the Astros, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like that I'd give up straight away. And then even like second loves of English sport being cricket and then rugby that we've had like Ashes wins in versus Australia in the cricket and World Cup wins, World Cup wins in the rugby. It's like, yeah, cash them all in just for the Wolves to win. You ready for the most unfair question I can ever ask Paul? Most unfair question. Abby loves soccer. Would you trade Abby ever winning any kind of title throughout her life in exchange for Wolves winning the EPL? Yeah, I'd, I'd, she, she could, uh, she could play for anyone apart from West Brom and win something, and I'd sacrifice all of that. Bravo, <laughs> bravo. That's a that's it a good. Oh, we stop West Brom win. women's. Yeah. It would make the Wolves Premier League win mean all the more to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spent her whole life not winning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, that was a very unfair question, by the way, Josh. Um, the faces to, of you guys uh, when I was asking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Todd DeWitt asks the Minnesota State Fair has started or started last week. It's known. For, I had no idea this was true. It's known for butter sculptures and interesting food options. Which player has done well enough this season so far to deserve to have their likeness carved into a giant block of butter? Jao Gomez. <laughs> what do you think, Paul? Who's getting in, your butter statue? It's in the question. Big butter. Sasa Kalajnic. It's got to be. When has he ever imagined being carved from a stick of butter before? (laughs) Only in the Midwest. Teddy, Uh, Teddy, Danny, anything? Uh, Yeah, I think it's got to be Sasha. I mean, what's that, like 200 packages of butter (laughs) to cover a 200 and change man? (laughs) Not cover him literally. Man, dude, what scores one goal and you guys are ready to carve in statue out of butter. I just want to see it. That's all. (laughs) Alex, do we make this the the thing of the week as far as who was the man of the match since we can't do the the dinner or the lunch stuff anymore? (laughs) Uh, Do we do who got carved into butter this week? (laughs) Uh, I'm up for that. On that note, I feel like... um... That I would go with this last week's uh, man of the match, I think, for mine. Jose saw also a lot of butter, but maybe not quite. I as mean, much he as... looks like he's in butter now with that kit he wears. Yeah, yeah. he does. It just looks like a it also kind of looks like a knockoff version of their home shirt to a degree. Like it just came out the complete wrong color. Like he ordered that on like the dark web and it showed up. And <laughs> that was, was a wish.com wolves kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh, Teddy, who are you, who are you uh, sculpting in butter? Are you also going with uh big sassy? Um, no, I was thinking 
Yeah, yeah, I think Jose Sa's beard would be uh you know, I'd want to see how they how they did that out of butter. So I would uh, choose choose him. <laughs> that would be a very talented artist sculpting that, um, to get the texture of that of that ginger beard. All right. Um Joe uh Springer in Chicago emailed and he asked about the new book by Paul Berry and Johnny Phillips. <clears throat> watch this space here uh but he uh, goes on to ask are there any other good sources for getting into some of the deeper history of wolves as a club he has a two-part question but i'll throw that part first to paul because i feel like uh you'd be best suited to answer that wolves history club history where are you going if you're someone who's just looking to research some of that right now i think the two that stood out to me was um you jump in and take a listen to our friend Nate Hughes's podcast, Soccer Near Fights, mm. his first series when he picks a team to, to follow and he goes through the process with all the Premier League clubs. So that episode is a series one called 12 Wolves. So that's good to listen to because it's a fan from the Wolves. You get to hear a little bit about the history uh, anyway. So that that's good about it. Um Books, if you can get a hold of it, there's some uh, a lot of former Express and Star, which is the local newspaper. A lot of those former journalists have, have written some more historical picture-based books. So I, I imagine they, they might be kicking around on the likes of uh, secondhand on Amazon or eBay that you might be able to, to pick up and go through. Um, I really like... Um, Jason Guy's podcast as well that he interviews past players, managers especially those significant if you're a manager or if, if it's been a captain of the team, some of those have been really good because it's been those key um, key eras if it's really been like a manager like Kenny Jacket, you might be thinking well, you know, nothing compared to like the Premier League times but for what he did for the club it was transformational at the time. So to hear those stories told from, from the horse's mouth, I think those would be, uh, those would be some go-tos as well. All right. Uh, and then Joe also went on to ask, uh, numbers have all been assigned and uh, number nine is obviously still vacant. Is this because no one feels like they are worthy of the number nine shirt or are we more likely getting a late present of a nine right at the end of the window? This is such a good question, um, especially because remember our number 10 is playing for the U21s right now and Gary O'Neill basically told them to go fuck off. So... I guess the question is, do the number do does number nine and number ten mean as much to players nowadays, Paul, as it does to the fans and the old players? It it would do, I think, unless uh, unless you you had a, a squad number as as a player through a youth team that you, you kept and you were Michael Jordan, twenty-three, that you started with as a as a teenager and played with all the way through. I think that factors into it, but at the end of the day, there's still something tremendously significant as being a, a number nine or a number ten striker or attacker for a club 
in the Premier League. And I think if you got the likes of um, someone like Ian Acho coming in, if he had the chance to take the number nine jersey, he's gonna he's gonna take it, and that'd be a statement for him to say, "I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna challenge, I'm gonna." take the jersey and look out Fabio because I want to be the main guy. So um I think would would they have liked it to be that um that marquee player, that that figurehead, that Raul? Will we ever see a player that epitomized that perfect number nine that Raul was, that was the perfect number nine dating back all the way till when Steve Ball was wearing the jersey, so I I don't know, but there there is there, there's something significant in it, and and there always will be with that that jersey number. Yeah, I'm um to me I'm more ups I'm more upset that Podence has number ten. I kind of feel like because I always <laughs> told my daughter that I felt like number ten was always like the best overall player. So um, I kind of think Cunha should have the number 10, but I think 12 has like been his number all throughout his career. So I don't think he's going to be moving off of that. Um, I could see Neto trying to get 10 if uh, <laughs> it became available. Um, obviously they didn't want to give Fabio number nine for fear that he'd leave, especially after Raul left. I don't know, too, if this gets into the fact that they've been selling jerseys already with Fabio's 29. Or was he now? Is he 19 or 29? 19. He's 29. He's 29? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I just don't know if we'll have a number nine this window. I like Paul's idea of Ian Nacho coming in. What do you think, Teddy? Uh, yeah, I like that idea, but I don't think we'll see that happening. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, can take a fan from the pitch and one of us will be, uh, you know, repping number nine or could be a good, good customizable Jersey number with your last name on the back. I mean, look guys, I'm going to get the WLW pod Jersey this year. So maybe I'll be sporting the number number nine nine at Molly, uh, come the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, I've got some skills. I could be a holdup. That's about all I would be is a holdup forward, but I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the club's way of, um, you know, just like honoring Raul, having it be absent for a year. I'd like to, if I were really trying to spin it positively, I would say that, but it's <laughs> the club probably couldn't replace him even if they tried. Um, Jeff, she then, would wear number nine if he could, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh, speaking of Raul, um, I do get a kick out of watching him uh, try bicycle kicks and also post it online for Fulham. I don't know if you saw that pulling a Daniel Potence, but also on the Fulham point, did you see Adama clear through on goal? I thought he was for sure going to score <laughs> and it ended up being exactly like every other time he was clear through on goal for Wolves. And uh, I forget who, I don't even remember who the keeper was, but uh, made a nice save. Um so yeah, I, I I will not accept slander of our prince, Alex. No, no, I mean he's yeah, he's our prince. I love him too, but it's just it's so funny to just continually see these highlights um of of Fulham with these two guys. And uh so far it has not come back to bite wolves. Let's say they're they're living up to the form. I'm sure it will when I'm out there though. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Undoubtedly. And I'm gonna um, be like sitting there if Adama like does a box to box to Raul. I'm gonna be like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it uh, for no stupid questions. I think we hit them all through the course of the show. And then obviously in this segment, thanks to everyone who submitted them. And again, anything related, loosely related to wolves uh, for no stupid questions, <laughs> um, always tweet them at us and email them to us. Uh, we always get a kick out of them. So thanks. All right. I'm out of whiskey and I had the Metallica blackened whiskey tonight. Have you had that before, Alex? Uh no, I have I have not I have not even heard of it actually. So it's it's owned by Metallica and they actually have it in the barrels and they blare Metallica music so it causes the whiskey to shake in the barrels so it absorbs <laughs> more flair, flavor of the wood. So uh yeah, that's what I've been drinking. Um but yeah, I'm out of it now. So Teddy, I mean, we're over, so tell us how we can get a hold of you. Um yeah, Ted at Teddy Ely on uh, Twitter. Um, and yeah, usually I try to make it out to the Lion and Eagle pub in Boca Raton. There's one one other guy actually from Wolverhampton there who uh, doesn't have any socials. So it's usually just us two vibing. But uh, I would uh, hopefully see, see someone else out there at some point. So uh, yeah. By the way, Teddy, I'm very me. glad we had you on here after a win for fucking once. <laughs> It was still depressing with all the external news around. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> Normally, it was it's nice like to... after a crap game that Teddy <laughs> comes on. So, in fact, Paul Paul mentioned it to me. He goes, hey, we're going to have Teddy on after a win. This is yeah. great. <laughs> that was Wednesday of last week. It, like, I've got to get in with Teddy early, even <laughs> before he has a chance to even think about it. So, it worked out quite well. Uh... <laughs> So that brings this week's episode to an end. Before the next fixture on Sunday, if you have a meetup happening, a watch party happening, uh, do let us know. We will uh, share that post on, on our socials as well, just to uh, spread the love and help with attendance. So we'll be back. This time next week, covering everything what happens at Selhurst Park before the first international break of the season. And we'll also have that fun transfer deadline to summarise as well, which wraps on Friday. So with all that in mind, everyone, let's ride it out. Let's do the boys proud and with everything that we do, up the mighty wolves. And take lemon baths. Oh, <laughs>